Welcome back, bookish people. It is your host, Liz, and this is E-Reads Podcast, the place where I discuss authorship, books, and all things creativity. Today, I have Stacy here to teach us all about the world of editing. Stacy, the founder of Shortcuts for Writers, helps fiction and creative nonfiction writers of all levels who want to simplify the writing and editing process so they can save time and money. She published her first novel at age 18 and over the years has written sweet and sassy chick lit novels, mysteries, and determined women sleuths, and entertaining books for young adults and children. Her novels have been ranked as number 5 and number 11 in the Nook Store and number 30 on the Amazon Kindle paid list. Stacy is also a freelance developmental editor and line editor, a creator of online courses for writers, and an award-winning journalist who has published more than 3,000 articles. Stop by her website to check out free resources like her five-day line editing class and the Looks and Gazes Quick Start Guide. Now, here is a quick ad before we hear more about Stacy in the world of editing. Hey, puzzle people. I am here to tell you about Wongo Puzzles. They are 100% wooden puzzles. They'll last forever. Each piece is hand-drawn, so no two pieces are the same, and you'll discover some fun, whimsy pieces as you work through it. They come in a custom wooden box that is perfect for storage and gifting. Some of the designs include animals, some that look like abstract art, buildings, nature. They have whatever you are into, so definitely check them out. With stunning designs and unique shapes, Wongo puzzles are a cut above the rest. I loved doing the snow globe puzzle myself. It was great to pull out a puzzle and be done in a night and not have it on the table for a week. So what are you waiting for? Go to wongopuzzles.com and pick your puzzle today. And be sure to use the promo code EREADSPOD10 to get 10% off your order. This is the most fun you've had with a puzzle guaranteed or your money back. Go to W-O-N-G-O puzzles.com and use the code EREADSPOD10 that's E-R-E-A-D-S-P-O-D-10 to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. So welcome, Stacy, to the podcast. I am really excited to have you for many reasons. One, um, I just think it's amazing all the different things that you offer um, on your website. And, you know, you are the founder of Shortcuts for Writers. Um, but selfishly, I am scared of the editing process. So I'm hoping to, to talk with you and to dispel a lot of those fears. So welcome. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Happy to be here. <laughs> so glad. And so to welcome people, I like to ask them kind of like a bookish question. So as both someone who writes books, who edits books, my question for you is, where is your favorite place to write and or edit? Whether it's the same place, a different place, do you have a favorite place to be when you're working? Uh, well, <laughs> now I mostly write and edit in my at my desk, just because I get ne neck and back soreness. I'm like, chiropractor told me, Stacey, you have to. 
can't get a special chair with a with like a Ooh, it goes all the way up. I like that for your neck. Yeah, but my favorite place before that was my recliner oh. on my Chromebook. So I find that, and I like I love to read there. So it's just very relaxing to be there, and I will do some, you know, some light editing work or writing work in there. But if anything, you know, where I'm going to be at the computer for a while, I've been instructed that I have to <laughs> come to my desk now. You know what, like. I think sometimes we can discredit the perfect chair, but the perfect chair, you can be there for hours, right? Like the perfect position, like it will just really add to the experience. So whether you're working or reading. So like, I I definitely agree with that. (laughs) And I also like um, reading like on the beach because I'm not much like when we go to the beach in the summer, I'm not really one for, I don't know, the water has to be really warm for me to be going in the water, you know? (laughs) So I've been known to, you know, read or bring like a notebook and make some notes. So so that's nice. Like I'm being outside, like on a nice oh, day, yeah. really near the ocean. I love that. Absolutely. You have the nice sounds of the ocean and yeah, if it's warm out, you got the sun. Oh yeah. Definitely cannot wait for us to get a couple more months later into the year yes. <laughs> to go back to the beach. <laughs> so Stacy, please tell the listeners a little bit more about Shortcuts for Writers. So we heard a little bit of it in, in your bio that I read on the earlier part of the episode, but can you tell us, how did you you start this? Uh, well, I started out editing several years ago um, and, you know, I'm an author myself. So what you're saying about being uh, afraid of the editing process, yeah, I mean, I used to I used to be overwhelmed by the editing process also when I was starting out and I just learned it over the years through lots right, of right. And error and getting letters back from editors and it, you know, it's kind of like a roller coaster <laughs> and just yes. kind of learning and, you know, an agent would say, oh, you know, you should go, we like it, but you should go do, do this and an editor from a publishing company, they would reject me and skip, but, you know, we think it would be better if you did this. So I just really learned in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so Shortcuts for Writers, I, I named it the, my company that just because it's not really, there's not like a shortcut shortcut, you know, I, I wish there was, I wish there was some magical shortcut, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, the way I learned it was just years of ups and downs and getting letters from, and mm-hmm. so you can learn from my shortcuts where I can just tell you, <laughs> tell you everything I've learned over the years. And I also learned a lot um, from being an editor and seeing that, um, you know, I wasn't so unique. All these other writers were having the same issues right. I once had when I was starting out and they're the same issues. Um, I was just seeing the same patterns creep up again and again in manuscript after manuscript. So that's when I expanded um, into not only offering developmental and line editing services, but also offering online courses for writers. Um, nice. It, it sparked my first course, my signature course, Book Editing Blueprint. Yeah. Um, just because the editing process, it, it's expensive. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. It, really, it is. Um, and a lot of, especially beginner writers who haven't worked with an editor before, they they just underestimate how expensive it's going to be. They they think oh I'll, you know I'll send it and then the editor will send it back with a few revisions you know and suggestions and then I'll be ready to send it out to agents and editors. I'll be ready to you know 
send it to a copy editor and, and get it ready to self-publish. There's a and, few more editing steps to that, but yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I was like, oh, we just we just write it, right? And then it's done. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of authors are shocked by the amount of feedback. I mean, I, it's very unusual for me to send back a letter that isn't you know, isn't like eight, nine, ten pages, single space. <laughs> and then I also mark off the manuscript with check changes within a lot of just pointing out a lot of um, issues in the comments so they, so they can see exactly what I'm talking about. And it can be overwhelming. And um, you're going to want feedback on your on your rewrite. And you might have to do multiple rewrites and get multiple rounds of feedback because if you're getting like this huge letter with all these different things, um, because you've never written a book before and you know they don't teach you in school how, how do you write a novel absolutely <laughs> yeah, they tell you how to improve your your um your writing your grammar but and, like yeah a story is a different animal different i mean everything from the point of view to the characterization to the plot points to the mm -hmm. pacing to the word choice and you know writing actively versus passively and the line editing the copy editing there's just so much to it and um published multi-published authors typically could could use a, a couple rounds of um of editing and if you get somebody who's got like 10 books published and they're they're with a traditional publisher if, if they if they only if they need a couple rounds of editing that means like a beginner is going to need a lot more than that you know? oh, yeah um you might need seven or eight rounds and who can afford <laughs> that at several hundred per round so that's that's where my course came in was just to be that stepping stone to how how can we cut down on those rounds of editing so that you can catch a lot of this on your own and learn to think like an editor and, and then um once you've got it you've gone through all these steps and you um you've got it as strong as you can then that's when it's time to hire an editor and you'll be sending them a much higher level manuscript so they can give you a lot higher level feedback Absolutely. Like so many great points because I think, you know, and again, like I, I fell into this pitfall. So I'm really new on my writing career and um, in doing the first draft, I'm like, okay, I just get like a beta reader to, beta reader to read it and like just fine tune it. And it's like, no, <laughs> you know, you, you are going to get an editor. You're going to do the grammar part, but then there's the structural part and there's you're going to need to do a rewrite and there's all these different things if you really want it to be as polished as you can make it. And, you know, you learn about all these things through trial and error, like you mentioned, and, you know, it could be expensive if you're doing that trial and error, er, um, trial and error with, you know, like an editor. So I so appreciate how you kind of thought about that and say, said, how can, you know, I take what I learned and help someone that's new. And I, I love that. I love how you kind of were like really thoughtful in regards to that. And you have different courses to tailor to people. So you've told us a little bit about the, the blueprint. Can you tell us anything more about that and some of the other courses you have? Yep. So the blueprint, I take you through, it's self-paced. Um, so you do it at your own convenience. Oh, nice. And it's, um, I always say don't like edit your book while you're taking it just go through it and get an overview of everything and so you in this quizzes and different exercises you can do just to oh, cool. practice your skills and then when you get to the end of it there's a 26 page um self-editing checklist so that's when you can do your when you're editing you can just refer to the checklist nice manuscript um i have a time management blueprint for writers course that 
it's kind of takes a holistic approach where it's you know I've been through various stages of my life where I had to fit in writing you know when I, was, right. I started really young so you know when I was a college student and then working full time and then having kids um, it, it it was just challenging trying to <laughs> fit writing into my life and I know that a lot of writers. Um, have that struggle also so Mm -hmm. uh, I created my time management blueprint course where just talk about different ways I mean it goes into writing routines and things like that and um you know how to make your writing sessions more productive and more creative and efficient but we also talk about things like decluttering decluttering your house (laughs) because it's um, Do not dismiss how important that is, listeners. Like that does yeah. like your environment because your brain will find any reason to stall when it's time to write. Right. Right. Yeah. Because I usually find that like if I have a lot of clutter everywhere, it means I'm kind of overwhelmed and it's just sort of you know, come showing itself and my surroundings. And then it talks about like internal clutter and which can be like, you know, mindset issues and you know, love that. Read this when it's done, or, you know. So it just goes into all of that. Um, and then I have my Energize Your Writing Toolkit Cheat Sheets for Character Emotions, which is um, it's a mini course, but it's also a hundred page um, um, printable PDF on um, like it goes into like different. Um, different aspects of nonverbal communication and body language. Like you could, if you were writing a scene where about an argument and there was anger, you put that up and then it'll give you a whole list of prompts, emotional prompts to, um, to help convey that. Cause a lot of authors tend to just reuse the same, you know, she looked at him, he looked at her, she, they stared at each other, you know, um, his eyebrows shot up or right? that, <laughs> that kind of thing. It gets very, redundant like you know he walks yes. to her and um so it just kind of breaks it up into different emotions that you're trying to convey and gives you a lot of different ideas um on different ways you can convey that through body language and nonverbal communication like physiological sensations and you know oh, that's so exciting <laughs> because yeah, like i, I have love. gotten stuck in that rut and like you're looking at it and like you know you have used the same she smiled <laughs> like yes, 20 times <laughs> but it's just like what do oh my god that makes me so excited absolutely and wow i literally created a, 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 a version of it years ago for myself because that was sort of my one of my achilles heels was like okay you know i'm good at the dialogue and the plot but i gotta fill in like how do i get across these emotions so that so I started making kind of cheat sheets of myself um of like if I'm writing a romance scene you know I'll write it and then be like okay I'm gonna go back and fill it in a little bit and it just kind of would help me I mean um to get my to inspire me and to get my brain thinking in that direction so it's sort of like part reference book where you can you can use um the actual prompts but it also has blank lines on it where you can write your own you know just kind of come up with your own so that you can keep expanding expanding it and just refer to it whenever, um, you know, you need to. Um, and then I'm, I'm expanding some of my courses. I have a, a $9 course on, um, mini course on writing blurbs be coming out in the next couple of weeks, like writing your book. Nice. And, and um, just a lot more like um, workshop type things I'll have coming out. Oh my, though you didn't just like these these are like more than shortcuts. I mean, they're shortcuts, but like, this is like the whole process. <laughs> like this can really cut down on 
even just think about the blurb, like I think about like the time spent in thinking about, well, what do I put here and all this to be able to have. And I like how you, your courses are like guided. You know, you talked about like, you know, you can self-pace and all these different things. So that way, when you're in the trenches, you don't feel alone. So I love that. And, and you talked about this holistic approach to to time management, which makes me so excited because, you know, listeners, I'm sure we all have seen the get up at five o'clock in the morning, get up an hour early and write early in the morning, but that's not always feasible. And I'm a really big person of like finding what works for you in your style. So I love, it really sounds like you've kind of thought about that. Like you've thought about like the person versus saying like, this is the only one way, but you've really just kind of brought all these different tools together. So that really is exciting. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, you know, I tried with the time, I tried different things. I tried like getting up early or, you know, staying up to midnight and I, I was getting run down um, right. and I just, you know, the, you know, there might be, a, if you're on a deadline, maybe you do have to do that sometimes, but to, to just do that on the, for the long haul. I mean, I couldn't sustain that. Um, right. And so I say in the class, in the time management class, I mean, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of ideas, a whole bunch of things, and you just got to try them and see which ones will work for you because there isn't like a, you know, I can tell you, you know, you do need to focus on these. You're, you need to focus like on your external clutter, your internal clutter and mindset, mm -hmm. your planning and getting things done, even your electronic clutter, like, you know, how mm -hmm. you keep your, e manage your emails, manage your folders like that you keep your stories and research and you know I can tell you that you do need to focus on each of these areas but like I'm not going to say this is the one tool you need to like to manage um you know to, to, to the one calendar you need to use the one planner the absolutely one, the one like um project organizer I'm going to tell you what I've used and give you some other ones to check out and then um you know, or different time, times of day to write, you know, even if you just write for 10 minutes um, a day here and there, or, or I found bringing, a, even though my chiropractor said it's not the best thing, I found that bringing a, a Chromebook, like to karate class or birthday parties, when, you know, when my kids were there, or right. riding in my car, I mean, you know. But like hours. that's like so real, right? Like finding yeah. those moments in and I love that. And um again, it's just I think sometimes people get afraid of like the writing process or editing because you feel like it's like, oh, I have to do this one thing. And it's like, well, what happens if that doesn't fit? And in providing all these different tools, you really create space for people to see themselves. And so like that makes me like really excited because I just remember, you know, again, like early on being really discouraged because I'd be in like rooms or in workshops and it'd be like, this is the one way. And I was like, yeah, but that doesn't work for me. And it, you could feel really isolated. So that just really makes me excited and happy um, that you do that for folks. Like you, you highlight all these different things. So people don't feel isolated and they feel like they can see themselves on their writing journey. Right. Yeah. Cause I think that part of it is very, individualize like how you're going to fit writing in. I mean, like the editing and blueprint, I can tell you, this is what you, these are all the things you need to look at to think um, like an editor and to get manuscript more you know, closer to publication. But as far as how you fit it all into your life mm -hmm. and your mindset and your time management, you know, there are different things you need to pay attention to, but how you actually, you know, it's not going to work unless you find the strategies that work for you. Correct. I, I love that. I love that. And so, 
as you mentioned, you're a writer yourself, you know, can you tell us about some of your writing projects and, you know, how did that get started? Uh, I've been writing since I was in third grade. <laughs> I was very introverted and I loved to read and writing just sort of became a way for me to express myself. My teachers would always make a big deal out of my stories and everything. I think they were shocked that this quiet girl never said a word was like writing these murder mysteries. <laughs> they would say, oh, like, write a, can you write like a two page story? And I'd turn in like a 15 page <laughs> murder mystery. Oh my um, God, that's exciting. So I had my first book published when I was 18 um, with Avon Books. I entered it in a contest for teenage writers and it won a publishing contract. Um, and that was my young adult ice hockey novel, Face Off. Um, so I learned a lot from just going through the editing process. Um, and the book was really successful, but there were several years of rejection between that and the next book. Um, mm. And then I published uh, a couple of mystery novels uh, 25 years ago today in Sink or Swim, kind of mystery romantic suspense, um, young adult paranormal thriller, Dark Before Dawn. Um, I brought back Face Off and, and took a sequel out of my drawer and totally rewrote it. It was like an unpublished sequel, totally rewrote it 25 years later. <laughs> and um, so we released Face Off and Offsides and those are still, um, those still sell copies every day. So that's really exciting. Yay, um, uh... To take this book I wrote as a teenager and then um, you know, write a sequel to it years later and have it still be connecting with um, readers, which is really great. Um, and then I'm focusing now on my, uh, mostly on my storybook Valley um, romantic comedy series. Um, I have fooling around with Cinderella and prancing around with Sleeping Beauty and they're just light, sweet and sassy books set at I a love those. theme park Yeah, the Catskills of New York. I love theme parks and I just wanted to write something happy and, <laughs> and fun. They sound like it. They sound really exciting and interesting. And so where can people find your books and your courses? Uh, so my author website for my books is um, stacyjuba.com. And I have like a mailing list where you can get like, like a free sample chapter of uh, my mysteries and my um, or sample scenes from my mysteries and um, my storybook ballet books. And then for writers, I have shortcutsforwriters.com. Um, so I have some free re free resources for writers, including um, a free five-day line editing class, um, a looks and gazes guide that has, has 100 ways to um, jazz up your character's looks and gazes, um, going back to the nonverbal communication. And then I have a couple of um, on-demand um, master classes, like one that takes you through the self-editing process um, and one on... Um, some time management hacks. Um, yeah, so they're welcome to find me there. And then I also have a Facebook group for writers, the, um, the shortcuts for writers, editing made simple Facebook group. I this again, like so clever. You've made like everything accessible from the Facebook group to online classes to books. And you know, it, it's amazing all the things that you have done over your career. Um, so my, my question for you, right, a little bit of a selfish question, what can you say to like new writers or just folks that are struggling in this process? They feel like I can't get through the editing process. I can't even get my first book out. Like, do you have any words of encouragement for us? <laughs> um, so as, as far as like the writing 
um, goes. I mean, one thing is just just to make sure you know exactly what story you're telling. Like, mm-hmm. um, like in my new blurb class, I actually tell people to write the blurb. You know, if you're still writing um, your story, you know, if you're th- trying to think of an idea or you're early in the stages. Most people don't even, most writers don't even think about writing a blurb till like, oh, that's later. When I, but right. I'd say like write it now because a lot of times um, that will just help, you know, just boiling it down into those couple of paragraphs really makes you focus on what the story was about. Because I tend to read a lot of manuscripts you know, where, and I try to have authors send me the blurb also. Um, and it, I find that... Um, they don't really sometimes they don't really go together like mm-hmm. the blurb is either vague because and then the story that means like that the author hasn't doesn't really have like defined plot points it's it's more episodic it's not really going anywhere um or it's or the or the blurb is like bogged down in like subplots it's just going talking about all these subplots and and in that case a lot of times the book is sort of you know kind of gets kind of convoluted it just doesn't have like that central storyline um character arcs it's just a lot of things happening but it's not um it's it it's hard for them to put it in a blurb like what what is this about so that's sort of like my first piece of advice is just make sure you know what your story is about just write the blurb early and really think about you know what is the main you know, if you take away all the <laughs> a lot right. of thoughts and the, um, you know, just what is this story about? What is this character's journey? Who are the most, the most important characters? Um, what are the big turning points? Um, you know, what uh, obstacle? You, you don't want to say in the blurb like what the obstacle is, but you want to you want to leave readers wanting more, like that there's something going to happen. Right. So you. you so that just sort of gets you thinking about, okay, where is this going? How I think it's going to get worse. Um, well, yeah, listen, I'm I, taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's just one thing is just really focus on that. And then it's for really like the time, you know, it, it's better to write like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there than just save it all up. Like, okay, next Friday, I know I'm going to have like four hours. I'm just going to write all day. Well, that's great. If you, you get some days like that, but you know, don't, not write until then because it's going to be if you haven't written in a while and worked on your book in a while it's going to be hard to kind of get into that writing zone you have to yeah. refresh your memory about where you are and what, okay what's the scene about again and what did I want to put in it so you, you can get a lot done like just like 10 minutes here and there like when I had a full-time job I would kind of eat for like 15 minutes and then I write <laughs> for 15 minutes and I got a lot done you know, just 15 minutes a day on my lunch break. And then, you know, come home if you can find another 15 minutes. Those pages really add up. Um, by the end of the month, you, those 15 minutes, like, here and there really add up. So just, you know, just try to find ways to have a regular writing routine as much as possible. And it doesn't have to be a long session. Just um, you know. I, I love that. I love that because I think sometimes we discredit those 10 minutes and we might turn to like scrolling on social media or just kind of like just sitting around, but like, you know, picking up your manuscript, jotting down some sentences, some notes, you know, just keep it, keep it present. Right. Because yeah, 
uh, I've been kind of prey to that, putting it down and then it takes a minute to get back in that groove. And so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, um, I, I love that just the through line of how holistic you are with the approach and it, and no, I feel less afraid <laughs> about approaching the, the, the manuscript and editing and just kind of just, again, thinking about that, um, you know, if someone's listening and they're, you know, they've done their the first draft, they've kind of cleaned it up, you know, where should they start? If they're like, okay, I, I want to connect with Stacy, I wa- want to tighten up some things, you know, if someone has, you know, again, like they've, they've like, okay, it, it needs to have some editing, where would you direct them to start? Uh, well, if they're a new writer, I'd probably say it'd be the most affordable option would be to like take the book editing blueprint class. But you know, if you if you really have your heart set that you want to work with an editor and just kind of get a feel for get some personal feedback from whether you're on the right track, then um, a lot of times I'd say like, why don't we do like a few chapters, you know, or a couple chapters, just so I can kind of get a sense of your writing overall writing style, um, and that can be really helpful because if you're if you're if you've got a pattern or something, on mm-hmm. um, you know, in the first chapter of your book, like. There's so many things you can see as an editor, like um, like talking heads dialogue or or point of view, not getting into your characters, your, your viewpoint characters' head, you know, as deeply as they should, or just have, not having the scene really told through anyone's eyes consistently, um, you know, lack of description or, or like passive writing versus active writing, uh, you know, like this telling and versus showing um, mm-hmm. you know there's, there's so many things that an editor can pick up on right away um like over these words like we were talking about so um that can be helpful just to um just to be able to point out okay this you know you, this is something that's going to follow you through the whole book you really need to focus on getting in your characters head more and here's some strategies for how to do it or or you 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 know look how many times you've used eyes you you if we've only we've only had like 20 pages and you've used eyes like 50 times already <laughs> so that's you know a pattern you have to watch so so it can be helpful just budget wise just to start with a couple of chapters i mean you can tell the editor where the story's going i mean it's it's hard to like comment on the whole um story as a whole like right you know, right about seeing it but they can give you some insight into um just like your your technique and um because that because that, that can be that's like a big issue if for example like your whole story and i see this a lot um you know you have the whole whole jeff written but it's not really told with with a with like if it's in third person for example it's not really deep third person like there'll be like a whole there'll be scenes um where it's just full of dialogue but we're not going back into that protagonist head it's really? not really told through their their eyes or like if you're describing something it's not really through that character's eyes it's just sort of like you know the walls were this color and you know it's not it just doesn't have that voice throughout and that's something that's going absolutely to in the book so if you can pick up on those issues early before you um hired paid an editor like hundreds and hundreds of dollars <laughs> thousands of dollars to read the whole thing that can um be helpful but you know, I, I I do advise people to if they're newer to writing, um, or if they're sort of intermediate writers and they, they really they're still getting long um, 
letters back from their freelance editor, you know, getting those long and having to do a lot of rewrites and, and they want to up level them. I suggest that the course is sort of the most affordable way because I'll give them, you know, the broad overview and then, um, or just starting with like a, the smaller chapter if you really feel like you need that personal feedback. Just start with like a sample to, you know, see what the editor says. I love that. So, okay. So either start with one of the courses or connect about, you know, getting a, a couple chapters, especially if you're concerned about, you know, the cost of all of it. Okay. And all right, this may be a hard question, but I'll, I'll ask it. How do you know that you're done with the editing process? Like when have you, when is it time to walk away from the editing process? Well, I always give myself time and I recommend my clients also give yourself some space from it. Just when, when you think you're done, <laughs> put it aside <laughs> for a while and um, then go back to it and read it one more time. You know, go down your checklist, make sure you've covered everything. You know, once you've covered everything and, you know, you've done all your proofreading and everything. I, I like to have my husband read it. I have my parents read it. Um uh, now I have a daughter that loves to read, so I probably have her. Oh, nice. <laughs> She's a teenager now, um, just to get final feedback and little thoughts, and then um, like that's at that point, that's when you could send it to an editor, um, or if you've already worked with the editor and you've kind of gone back and forth, um, and you know the. It, it, you don't want to pay for any more rounds, but you think you've covered everything again, have, you know, have, give it some distance, have some beta readers, look it over. Um, yeah. And then there is a point where you're going to have to let it go. <laughs> um, some writers will need to hire a copy editor, uh, a proofreader, depending on their skills. Um, I always like tell my clients, like, you know, if, if they're, if they have a strong grasp of grammar um, and they have strong grammar skills and proofreading skills, um, you know, and they don't need a lot of rewrites on the actual manuscript, then between the two of us, you know, they probably don't need to hire a um, proofreader or copy editor as long as they really look over that final draft, um, you know, closely because I've I'll run some scans, grammar scans and things like that. But if it's, I also see a lot of manuscripts where there's like, grammar and punctuation issues on every <laughs> every page multiple yep. times and um as a developmental editor you know my i don't pay a, a lot of attention to the grammar i mean i'll run it through some grammar scans try to clean up a bit but that doesn't catch everything and even so if i'm give, sending them like a eight page letter saying these are all the things you need to change it doesn't make sense to clean up all the grammar because they're gonna have to be gonna, right yeah anyway and so at that point, it, an author like that that doesn't have a strong grasp of grammar and punctuation, where that sort of comes harder for them, then once they finish the developmental editing and line editing process, um, you know, and they feel good about that, then they're still going to need to hire someone to make sure there's no mistakes so that it looks professional. It is a process, but... <laughs> biting it off bit by bit, right? Not taking everything all at once. Um, Stacey, again, like seeing like your passion for, for, for editing and writing, I feel like I can pick up my, my manuscript and edit a couple chapters today. <laughs> I might need yeah. to check out your resources to make sure I'm on the right track, but I definitely <laughs> feel a lot better about it. So thank you so much for, for, for sharing all of your knowledge 
Um, is there any last things that you want to leave us with before I ask my last question? You know, just, you know, don't give up. I've, I've, on my, I think on my about the author page, I have like, I think I have like a picture of like a roller coaster. <laughs> so I know what, what it feels like, <laughs> all the ups and downs. You get so excited when you're writing the book and then you, and you get feedback or then you get a rejection. Yes. Or, or you <laughs> find out a beta reader and they're like, they don't get it. <laughs> So, you know, I've been there. I, I, I know how I, there were times I was close to quitting. Like, why am I, why am I doing this? <laughs> why am I so determined to just sit in this room and just be alone and make up stuff for <laughs> and expect people to buy it? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like a passion. It's just something that right. you're compelled to do. And it, you know, it's, it's, it's for once you connect with the readers that, that, um, that's your target audience. It, it, it's really worth it just to, you know, to get to leave your mark and get your um, to entertain people or educate people, whatever your goal is. To just you know, and to have that dream come true to be a published author and have people reading your work, it, it really is worth it. Um, to just keep going, and you know, even if you feel discouraged, we've all felt discouraged. <laughs> You know, we've all had those ups and downs and just, it's not just you. <laughs> so, so just, <laughs> nothing wrong with you. It's just, it's a tough, it's a tough goal, but it's, um, you know, it's a really exciting path to follow. Yes. Thank you again for all of that encouragement um, and all that knowledge. Um, listeners, if you want to connect with Stacy, please check out the episode show notes where it will have all the information to courses, books, resources, all the different ways that you can connect with her. Um, so please uh, follow with that. And Stacy, my last question is, um, I, I like to leave the audience and myself with a prompt, something that, you know, will inspire us to be creative, whether that is in cooking, writing, artistry, whatever that is, just problem solving. And so if I had to ask you to leave us with a word or a phrase, something that we can use as a prompt, what would you leave us with? Hmm. <laughs> um. Hmm. Well, one prompt, one journal prompt that I used over the years, because um, I, I used to journal a lot, um, and just I remember, like I remember, and then it's just kind of cool the things that you write, like because I I like to journal a lot for like description, um, yeah. Just to like if I go somewhere unique, like if I went to a really unique restaurant or I, or I was traveling, and you know, um, I I like to write those details down in case I'm, oh, I'm going to take um, that chip <laughs> yeah. in case like I'm ever writing a book and I, I want to put something like that a look right. in the book then I can go back to my journal so it's kind of neat like how if you write I remember like like one time I wrote about like a Mexican restaurant I went to a college with my friends and it was really all decorated and it's like I was surprised at all the details I remembered and I was like oh this is really neat I can use this I can use this somewhere um and just see what comes out it can be a you know something you observed years ago or um you don't know what's near <laughs> in the recesses of your subconscious that might prove useful later so it's just like set a timer and what I remember and see what see what happens <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's, all right. I'm excited about that. So listen, listeners, if you are interested to see how I use the prompt, I remember, stay tuned to the end of this episode to see what I do with Stacy's prompt. And definitely you take that and you run with that and see where it goes. You might have your next greatest story. Stacy, thank you so very much for stopping by. Please do not be a stranger and have a great and wonderful rest of your day. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I remember. I remember the way the misty rain pooled on my skin, the way the chill made my hair stand and my toes go numb, the throbbing of my frostbitten nose and snow crystals hanging from my lashes. My chattering teeth shook and the smell of chicken broth tingled my nose. The snow-covered ground was muddy with footprints, and my vision filled with the blur of people passing like faded pastel paintings. The crunch of warming foil wrapped around me tickled my ears, and the wailing sobs of my mother hurt my soul. That, I remember, was the last time I went skating on a frozen lake.